0: Hello and welcome to Bible Truth For Living. This is your host, Pastor Tim Reynolds. I'm excited to be with you today. Thank you for listening. A couple of announcements I'd like to make before bringing today's message. First of all, we uh, invite you to our monthly Women of Faith Bible Study out at Waltonville Community Church this Tuesday, April uh, the 4th at 6 p.m. We meet the first Tuesday evening of every month. I lead the Bible study and my wife, uh, leads the prayer request and time of fellowship afterwards. And if you'd like to come and join us uh, for a Bible study, our ladies from Mount Vernon Baptist Temple, as well as Waltonville Community Church and others around the area uh, gather. We have a good time of uh, Bible study, bring some finger foods and share them. Good time of fellowship for all of the ladies. And that's this Tuesday night, April the 4th at 6 p.m. at Waltonville Community Church. We're located at 321 South Hiram Street in Waltonville. And then coming up uh, next Sunday, of course, is already Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, April the 9th. Hard to believe that's already here, but uh, we invite you, of course, to our services. If you do not have a home church, we invite you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We have Sunday school classes for all ages that begin at 9 a.m. And then 10 o'clock will be our morning service. I'll be preaching. We also have uh, some specials that our church choir will be performing. And uh, then we have Sunday night services at 6 o'clock and Wednesday night at 6 o'clock as well. At Waltonville Community Church, we meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. And on Easter Sunday... Uh, we're honored to have Polly Lanay and Elaine Chamberlain, uh, or Trobanian rather, excuse me. Uh, they are going to uh, perform a morning of praise and worship music for us. And uh, these young ladies do a fantastic job. We're looking forward to having them. And we'll have something special for the kids, an Easter egg hunt, and uh, just a good time next week. So uh, begin now thinking about... Um, where you might want to attend church. We invite you to either Mount Vernon Baptist Temple or Waltonville Community Church. Now we're going to bring the last message on the series we've been on the last several weeks on Money Talks. And today we're looking at the final message, worship me or give me. That's what money says, either worship me or give me. I'm reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning with verse 6. The Apostle Paul writes, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. "...being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplyeth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them, and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God." For his unspeakable gift. Well, I think we p- could probably agree that money and materialism are worshipped as gods in American society today. You know, in the Declaration of Independence, you have the three American unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Others believe the pursuit of wealth should be added to that as well. Today we have self-styled financial gurus who churn out books and videos and websites and infomercials all promoting the next surefire way to get rich quick. Even the American church has fallen prey to this idea with its false theology of name it, claim it, word of faith, health and wealth gospel. But God has a very different plan for financial soundness in his word. We've been covering that plan throughout the last several weeks. God's plan for financial soundness includes hard work, wise investment, careful saving, paying your debts, and giving generously. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul describes both the amount and the attitude of giving in this age of grace. Now, under the Old Testament economy, uh, the Jewish people were given uh, some instructions, commands on what they're to do in regards to giving to the Mosaic Law, all right, the law dictated what they were supposed to give. This is where the tithe came in. T i t h e tithe that tithe. means ten percent. Only it was more like thirty percent that they were to give because ten percent was to support the tribe of Levi. That's the the priestly tribe, so they had money to live on. And then another ten percent to maintain temple feast. There were three important Jewish feasts throughout the year that had to be financed, and then. Another 10% every three years to take care of the poor. Uh, And then they would also give free will offerings on top of that. So when we talk about the Old Testament law, uh, they they gave much more than just a 10% tithe. Now, I'm glad we don't live under the law, personally. I'm glad we don't uh, live uh, under the law, but we're under grace. Thank God. Grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. However, that does not mean we are to give less than what they were told to give in the old testament law and so paul wanted the corinthian believers of his day and believers in our day to know that when it comes to giving we give by grace there's to be no coercion no high pressure tactics no guilt trips uh, but giving must always begin with a willing action of the heart not simply just a law or command that you are following Uh, He did want them and wants us to be clear, though, regarding some of the principles that apply when it comes to giving to the Lord's work. And that's what we'll look at in this message. So first of all, I want us to notice a simple fact that Paul mentions in verse 6. He says, "'But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully.'" Now, this time of year, any gardener or farmer can tell you that uh, if you scrimp in the sowing season, uh, you can look forward to a sparse harvest season. Uh, Some of you listening may put out a garden. Some of you may be farmers and, and work in the fields, getting ready for planting season. Now, a farmer can't decide, you know, one spring, well, you know what? The price of seed is awful high, and I think I'll plant half of the seed that I did last year. And then turn around and expect to have the same harvest that he had the year before. It doesn't work that way. You reap what you sow. If you plant half the seed, you can expect half the harvest. It's just a a principle. So the giving principle that we see here in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is that we are to give proportionally. That is, the size of the harvest is proportionate to the amount of seed sown. Now, here's the thing. It is up to God how much seed he allows us to have in order for us to sow it. Now, some people say, well, it's not fair. How comes? How come so-and-so has more money than me or they seem more blessed than me? Well, first of all, understand that, that you don't always know the whole picture there. But also, God decides who he wants to bless and whom he doesn't. All right, that's up to God. We can't argue with him. He blesses us proportionately. And we are to give proportionately. Listen to what Paul writes in First Corinthians chapter sixteen and verse one. Now, concerning the collection of the saints or for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. So this is a this is church wide in, in Paul's day and as well as today. Uh, verse two, number one, upon the first day of the week. Now that tells us when we are to give. So. Uh, we go to church on the first day of the week. If you can't be there, you ought to still um, pay your tithes and offerings, all right? We do it on the first day of the week. Let every one of you—well, that tells us who is involved. That's everyone from the young to the old— if you have money coming in, if, whether it's an allowance or it's whatever the case is, every one of you, this is not something for just those 60 and over or those in a certain income bracket. He says, let every one of you lay by him in store. That means set this aside. This is not just giving God a tip out of what you happen to have in your pocket. It's intentional laying by him in store as God hath prospered him. Uh, let's face it, God prospers some more than he does others. And God knows who can handle prosperity as well. And so as God has prospered, that's how we are to give. It's proportionate giving. When we fail to do that, we are actually robbing God, number one, and then we are robbing ourselves of a blessing. Uh, early 1900s businessman, philanthropist, and preacher, Robert Laidlow said this, giving is not a question of generosity, but of honesty. Are we honest in our giving? Do we just tip God or do we rob God? And then in the process, rob ourselves. Uh, Laidlow went on to say that Israel, as it entered the promised land, one individual robbed God. That was Achan. If you remember the story, Israel uh, won the battle of Jericho, and they went to the next city, Ai, and they were defeated. And it would come to find out that this man named Achan had stolen something and had robbed God and caused the nation to lose the battle, and uh, nothing good came out of that. But by the end of the Old Testament in Malachi, Not only was one individual robbing God, but the entire nation was robbing God. Please listen to Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. It's the very last book of the Old Testament. God asks a question, will a man rob God? Well, that's just almost unthinkable. Would you hold up God? Would you rob God? And then he answers the question, yeah, you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? Here's the answer, in tithes and offerings. So it goes from one man to now an entire nation. God goes on to say, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, That's why the nation of Israel eventually was expelled and dispersed from the promised land for uh, many, many years because they robbed God. And so we must understand that simple fact that what we sow is what we will reap. That is true in finances. It's true in behavior. It's true in just about every area of life. Now we're going to go back to our text in second Corinthians chapter nine, and look at the second point, And that is, we see a spiritual fact. Where does God look? Does God look at the wallet? No, God looks at the heart. Listen to this second Corinthians nine, verse seven, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, you see, God looks at the giver's heart to see the motive behind the giving we look at the money you know we we look at it it reminds me of the story if you remember uh, Jesus and the disciples were watching people as they would enter the temple and when the pharisees and scribes and religious leaders would go in they would throw a lot of money into the into the uh, temple coffers and boy people thought that was really something well, they were just showing off because they were wealthy And then the one little widow puts in a couple of pennies and Jesus says, she's the one that's really generous because she gave of everything that she had. You see, God is not near as interested in the amount as he is the attitude. Now, if you have a large amount to give, do it with the right attitude and God will bless it. But you know, sometimes if you don't have a lot and you you give of what you can out of the abundance because you love God and you're doing it for him, God will bless that more than he will if it's a great deal of money. God's not going broke, all right? God will get by just fine. He wants to bless us. But the idea here is that it's all about motive. It's about attitude. And when we give, we should give purposefully. Now, uh, Paul gives us here some motives behind our giving, and he mentions in verse seven, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly. Now giving grudgingly, the word literally means out of sorrow or grief. It means that you're having a hard time of parting with what it is that you're giving. Can you imagine someone when the offering plate comes down the pew and they begin to just sob and cry and tears come down? Uh, that's, that's giving grudgingly, you know, and God doesn't want any of us to give out of pain or pressure. You would be better off to not give than to give grudgingly as if uh, God can't supply the need and I'm really going to miss this. Not only do we sometimes give out of grudging, there is also giving out of guilt. He says, not grudgingly or of necessity. Necessity is as if the pastor put a guilt trip on you. You know, here we've had stewardship month and the pastor is expecting us to give some more, I would tell you as a pastor, and I've told our folks this, please don't give. I'd rather you keep it in your pocket because you won't be blessed at all if you give out of guilt. I never want to make anyone feel that way, whether it's in a church, as a ministry, this radio ministry, give because you want to. Don't give because you're guilted into it or or uh, feel ashamed if you, if you don't. That's between you and God. So don't give out of grudging or out of guilt. How should we give? Well, we should give out of gratitude. Listen to verse 10. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, that means God, he's the one that gives the seed to us as the sower, both minister bread for your food. That means God's going to supply your need and multiply your seed sown. You see, God has a way of taking what we give and multiplying it. He doesn't just add. He's not just an adder. He's a multiplier. And increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. There's the gratitude. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, not only those things that you want, but it is abundant By many thanksgivings unto God. Many thanksgivings means that you begin to just recognize all of the things that God has been so good to you in. You know, when you begin to think about it and, and, you know, before you give, uh, give out a heart of gratitude, just think about the things God has done for you. Number one, he has saved you from an eternity in hell. If you've accepted his son, Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. The best is yet to come, no matter how bad this life gets. And then if you have a loved one who is saved and children who are on their way to heaven, you have a church, you have friends, you have a home, you have a job in America. And listen, there's all kinds of problems in America, but I'd rather to live here than any other nation in the world god's been good to america and you start counting your blessings you can't help but want to give back to a god who gives you all those blessings by the way not only has he done that he's given us his grace for salvation amen i mean we have the free gift of grace we don't earn it we don't deserve it how could we ever give enough to show our thankfulness to god Not only do we see where God looks, but we see who God loves because then Paul says in verse seven, for God loveth a cheerful giver. The word there actually means hilarious or joyful giver. You know, instead of crying when the offering plate comes through, couldn't you imagine? You know, you might you might cause your pastor to have a have a pass outfit or something on the stage if you were just to stand up and start laughing whenever you you give this Sunday. Lord, thank you for being so good to me. Lord, I just can't give enough back to you, and that's what it means to be cheerful. And God loves that. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because it reveals a heart that is in gratitude and thankful to Him for everything that He has done, and that's the next giving principle principle is to give cheerfully to god and then number three and this is a scriptural fact that we see in this passage of scripture a couple of things that i want to share with you i touched on this just a moment ago but i'm going to to hit it just a little bit more here and it's in verse eight we see that god enables us to live graciously back to verse eight and god is able to to make all grace abound toward you, all grace. Well, first of all, grace is uh, is God's unmerited, undeserved favor. You've heard of the acronym GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. You can't pay for grace. You can't earn grace. You can't deserve grace. It's a free gift. And he makes all grace abound. That grace is what saves us. For by grace are you saved through faith. When you trust the Lord Jesus Christ, you repent of your sin and ask him to save you. You are saved not by works. That would be something we could boast about or brag about. But we're saved by God's grace. Once we receive that saving grace, the next thing that happens here is he enables us not only to live graciously, but to give generously. He says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you having always all sufficiency in all things, I'm always going to supply your needs. Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says, may abound to every good work. In other words, God saves us, God meets our needs, and then God blesses us so that we can meet the needs of others. You see, it comes in, it goes out. It comes in, it goes out. And we should give generously. Think about what a giver God is. In fact, Paul says that in verse 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What is that? Well, it's grace through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus is an unspeakable gift. What that means is indescribable, Uh, not something that you can even put words into. It's such a great gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God is such a giver. Why wouldn't we give generously as well? I'll close with a little story. I read about Dr. Harry Ironside. Dr. Ironside was instrumental in helping start Dallas Theological Seminary. And back when the seminary was first starting, it was like most ministries, it was struggling to get off the ground and struggling financially. And Dr. Ironside said, I decided to pray, Lord, you say in your word that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, please, Lord, sell some of those cattle and uh, Lord, supply this need. Amen. Well, a few days later, Dr. Ironside, and this is his own testimony, he said he received an envelope in the mail, and he opened that envelope, and inside was a check for $10,000 for Dallas Theological Seminary, and inside of that, that envelope was a note from a local Dallas cattle rancher that simply said this, was able to sell a few cattle, hope you can use this. Isn't that a something? And so here he asked God, he said, Lord, you own all the cattle. And so if you would sell a few of those and supply the need. And so that's what God ended up using a cattle rancher to do to supply the need. Now, here's what you need to know. He does own the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills and everything under the hills. Everything we have is simply a gift from God that we steward for our time here on earth. Uh, we own nothing, uh, the, the clothes we have, the, the mind we have, the family we have, the car we have, the home we have, it all belongs to God, we're simply stewards, and so why shouldn't we be generous with what we have, realizing that God has supplied it, and here's the thing, as God sees us give generously, God begins to bless us more, and I'm telling you, you can't outgive God, and blessings come in more ways than just monetary, This is not just something, well, you know, like an investment thing. Well, I'll put a few dollars toward God, and God will will make it uh, rain money at my house. No, there's a lot of other ways to be blessed. In fact, I know a lot of people with money uh, who are not blessed in many areas. If you're saved, you have peace, your family is uh, is, uh, solid, and uh, you have a church, and you love God. Listen, that's worth more than all the money. Uh, in this world and so let me encourage you be a generous giver wherever you go to church be a person that that gives generously your pastor will appreciate it Uh, the ministry will appreciate it Uh, I think of those that give generously toward this program we've been on the air now for almost 50 years that's only because of the generous people who on a monthly basis or periodically uh, will supply the need and help us to do that so uh, I'm thankful for generous people as well uh, in this radio and podcast ministry. Thank you so much for giving generously. And uh, all of it uh, is to really uh, lay up treasure in heaven because after it all is said and done, what's really going to count is the investment we made toward eternity. We'll never know the people who have heard this program who will come to Christ. We don't know when we support missionaries, the people they will touch and how the domino effect will continue and other people will be reached and other people saved and and all of these things. So we just give and God lets us be a part of his worldwide ministry. Amen. And I'm glad that he's allowed us to do that. Well, thank you so much for listening today. As we close the program, let me again remind you, if you do not have a home church, we invite you to Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We're at 817 Woodland Drive here in Mount Vernon, and uh, we have 9 o'clock Sunday school classes for all ages, 10 o'clock morning service, 6 o'clock evening service on Sunday, and 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. This Tuesday night will be our Women of Faith Bible Study at Waltonville Community Church at 6 o'clock, and at Waltonville, we start every Sunday at 1115, and uh, we are at 321 South Hiram Street across from the Cafe and Grain Elevators in Waltonville. Hope you can attend one or more services. If you have your own home church, let me encourage you. Do your best to be there today. Support your pastor, the work God has called him to, and God will bless you for it. Thank you so much for listening. Always a pleasure to be with you, and I look forward to being with you again at our appointed time. May God bless you is my prayer.